I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. On this episode of the world's most important hip-hop podcast, a new twist on a classic tale from a galaxy far, far away that's empowering children and girls right here on Earth. Check out my conversation with Rona Siddiqui, the composer and lyricist, and Brittany Nicole Williams, a.k.a. Cinderella. They are Hip Hop Cinderella. I'm Manny Faces. And this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Let's go. The thing about hip hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. This is Baby Girl Faces, and this episode is brought to you by Brianna C. Steffi, Toast, Squish One, Jesse G, Mark E, Silent Night, and Nicholas S. Now this one's a little timely. For a few more days, Hip Hop Cinderella will be gracing the stage of the New Victory Theater in New York City. But if you're catching this later, don't worry. It's very likely on its way to a theater near you. The production is a modern and futuristic twist on the classic tale complete with rap battles, a brilliantly feisty and courageous Cinderella, and yeah, an evil stepmother and all that too. But several important factors separate this version from the original, and it seems to make for a fun, family-friendly, uplifting, and empowering show. Helping propel this latest hip-hop theater extravaganza to acclaim is composer and lyricist Rona Siddiqui. Rona's a Grammy-nominated composer, lyricist, and music director from New York, a recipient of the Jonathan Larson Grant, Billy Burke Ziegfeld Award, and was named one of Broadway Women's Fund's Women to Watch. And holding down that iconic title role is Brittany Nicole Williams, an alumnus of the Ailey School and AMDA New York, who recently made her Broadway debut in Aladdin and has performed in multiple first Broadway national tours and regional theaters. Now, those of you who know, I'm a huge fan of hip-hop-infused theater. And you'll get an idea why after you check out this episode. But hold on, before we get to it, remember, you can get a ton of inspiring and innovative hip-hop news and views like this via my free newsletter. You can subscribe at mannyfaces.substack.com. You can support this show and the newsletter so that we can remain independent and unbothered by the need that some others have to dumb down the culture. 
visit patreon.com slash Manny Faces. It's much appreciated. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Rona Siddiqui and Brittany Nicole Williams of Hip Hop Cinderella. Rona, Brittany, hi, good morning. Hi. Good to have you here. Thank you. I'm glad we you know, were able to schedule this. I know we've been uh, trying to get uh, this underway for some time. It's a fun topic to talk about in the in the hip hop world, in the theater world. We're talking about Hip Hop Cinderella, the performance that's now going on at the New Victory Theater in New York City. And I'd love to have each of you just quickly introduce yourselves, uh, how you present yourself to the world and how you're involved with this production. So I'm Brittany Nicole Williams, and I play Cinderella in the show. I did, like, there was a reading that was, I don't know what year was that, was that 2022? I can't remember what year it is anymore. No one can um, remember years anymore. <laughs> I know, after COVID, I'm like, I don't know what year it is. Nobody there knows. was like a one-day reading of it, and it was my first time looking at the script, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. And so I auditioned to be a part of the actual production at the New Victory Theater. And yeah, it's been a fun ride. That's what's up. Rona, your role? I am the composer lyricist. So we actually started writing this back in 2020. Um, and we did a very small 20 minute Zoom production of it in 2020. Um, and then it got a lot of great feedback. So we decided to expand it out. And then lo and behold, we're at the New Victory doing this great production of it. It's pretty cool. I had met Linda, uh, I think, yeah. uh, some in the midst yeah. of all the you know early productions, uh, putting it all together and getting some wind of it, uh, which was I was still up in Newark at the time. And I was like, oh, I'll be able to come see this thing. And then now I'm in Atlanta and I ruined it. So I can't actually oh. be there. I know. <laughs> I did that thing that New Yorkers do. We moved to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is this is great to come out of, you know, this pandemic that some people I'm sure have heard of and to be able to kind of emerge with this. I don't know, flower that was able to bloom somehow during the time. Um, how was that tr transition of working sort of in a, as the pandemic was kind of shifting and for theater in general, for performers and creatives, how was it for, for y'all? I mean, for me, it was like really great to have something during 2020 to throw my um, energy, my creative energy into. And I really yeah. did. Like I loved the story so much and, I, I just like, there's something about a lot of people have this idea that like children's theater is just like, oh, whatever. But for me, it was like, this is an important piece of work and I really mm -hmm. want to put my all into it. And I had just such wonderful collaborators and we were all just able to really put a lot of time and, and energy into crafting it, which was really fun. So then once we were like, oh, now we're kind of out of the pandemic and we're all moving on with our lives, but now we have these other opportunities to kind of like keep developing it out was the tr the trickier part um, mm. for all of us to so expanding get on the same it page. into um, yeah. you know now you're in stage you're in real life how do we you know make it right bigger? right it's like oh god we need to add this song we need to add this reprise and we need to add <laughs> this moment and this beat and so it's mm. like oh my gosh I have to put my focus back there and and yep. be in that same headspace I was in which is very hard because that was a very odd headspace uh, during 2020 but uh, mm -hmm. I think overall we created a really beautiful show. Yeah. yeah. Brittany, what about you? What, what, what were you doing in pandemic or pre-pandemic? And then how does it feel to have something kind of coming out of it that like, like this? Yes. So 
I had a little bit of a different experience. I was doing the first national tour of the Donna Summer musical um, before yes. the pandemic hit. We had six months left to go and Broadway had shut down, but we went on for like an extra week because we were in Canada at the time. Oh. And then once the prime minister got sick, they were like, get out if you're not from <laughs> here. So we did. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I just, I stayed creative. I, I started a new acting class. Like I did everything that I could to continue working on my craft. It was very uncomfortable for me knowing like that I didn't know what was going to happen in the future. That was like something that I also was reeling with with myself. I was like having to learn how to be content in the moment because I like to just go, 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 what's next, what's next. So there was a lot of like personal development, a lot of just creative you know, trying to keep myself in a creative space during that time. Um, yeah. I stayed in New York for a huge chunk of it. And then I went home to North Carolina um, with my parents because I was just like, why am I paying rent? And there's nothing going on up here right now <laughs> in my industry. So <laughs> I went and um, that was like self-tape time. So everybody was sitting in tapes. Um, yeah. And I did a few things before this. I did the the prom first national tour. It was my first job after uh COVID, which was crazy to launch back into a, a tour that was like, you know, having nobody around you for so long and then completely like everyone is new. I don't know you and we're traveling <laughs> together, all of that stuff. But anyway, yeah. um, it was it was good. It was good um, for my personal development and, and, you know, trying new things. And I'm really excited. This is my first time doing children's theater. And like Rona said, like, it's not anything less than it's not like we treat it as a joke it's it's theater and it's real theater and we take it seriously and it has a beautiful message so i'm really happy to be a part of this so let's t talk about the specifics if uh, people are listening or watching and they're like okay hip-hop cinderella i can kind of picture it no i don't think this one i don't think you expected <laughs> this one uh explain a little bit the you know the the uh, the elevator pitch so to speak of how this production of cinderella is being delivered so in this version of Cinderella, it is set in the galaxy. And Cinderella lives on a planet called Centra. And it's the same thing, kind of like she's lost both of her parents, but her father was an astrophysicist. And so she's like extremely intelligent and understands all of that stuff. And she built a robot with her father named Runka, who is her best friend in the show. And she also lives with her evil stepmother and her evil stepsisters. And the galaxy is at war. And the people who fight it are called the Royal Rebel Rappers. And they're the ones who protect the galaxy. And that is Cinderella's dream to become a Royal Rebel Rapper. And the prince throws a ball on his planet called Planet Zola. And mm. so Cinderella goes and it's basically like the ball is a rap competition and whoever wins becomes like the new rebel rapper. <laughs> and so Cinderella goes and she competes and not to give the whole plot away, chaos kind of ensues. And <laughs> you kind of see, you know, how does every, how does she find her happy ever after in this universe? Interesting. I have that marked down. What does happily ever after look like in this universe? How does it differ from a traditional you know, I marry the prince and we go into the sunset and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's really not focused on her romantic life whatsoever. It's more focused on Cinderella as a person and her um, mm. developing, you know, a sense of self, a sense of like, what is my voice? Like, 
And am I courageous enough to use it? Like finding that courage through her friends and, and, and through herself and remembering the things that her father told her and kind of like following her journey of how do you find hope in what can feel like a hopeless situation? And, and mm -hmm. how does she you know, achieve her dreams? Like, how do you do that when, when you live in a, a place where people are telling you you're nothing? Yeah. It's taking all the, positive qualities of a Cinderella story that are kind of sometimes brushed away yeah, uh, and kind of bringing those to the forefront, especially mm -hmm. sort of a, a, you know, a woman empowerment vibe. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. That's what's up. Rona, how was it to take all of that and turn it into lyrics and, you know, and music and say, how can we make this powerful or compelling and get yeah, these messages I mean, out that way? These are themes that resonate deeply with me. So when I was approached with this with the story and the outline, I I was just like, yes, because I I feel like I was that person. I was like, mm. you know, as a as a girl growing up as a musician, you know, I was taking my little classical piano lessons and, you know, in my little marching band playing my little saxophone and things. I I never thought that the creation side of it or the you know, the storytelling side, like taking the initiative to write was um, ever going to be something I would be accepted as. It just, everything around me told me that women didn't do that and girls didn't do that. Um, and it took me a long time to find my musical and creative voice, a long time. So I had a lot to say about this subject. Uh, <laughs> and, and I also... I come from like a Muppety kind of background too. Like I, I like to tell stories using comedy and, and zaniness and wackiness. And so to incorporate rap and hip hop and silliness all together in one was like super fun for me. Oh, sounds like they got the right one to do it. Uh, taking it to the hip hop theater angle. I've off, I've interviewed a bunch of folks who, you know, do hip hop theater, whether it's children's or, or, you know, full grown <laughs> theater. Um, <laughs> and I ask about, you know, the idea, you said it a couple of times, which is great that it's children's theater, but we're not treating it like it's childish. It's hip hop theater, but we're not treating it like it's, you know, a part, like just, you know, random music being made for the sake of it. The Hamiltonification of hip hop theater, uh, I think, is looked at as sort of a blessing and a curse. In other words, it's, it created this idea that this is a thing and it can be done well and it can be done seriously. But I think also some people think that it starts and stops at Hamilton. <laughs> There's nothing else. Right. You know, that's mm -hmm. the end all be all. Um, so I guess just from a you know a more holistic sense, how has how has it been to maybe convince investors or to, you know, work with the venue or to, you know, get audiences to take it seriously, knowing that it's not Lin-Manuel Miranda at the helm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like I personally haven't come across any resistance or anybody saying, hey, only one person can write this style in this <laughs> right. in musical theater, yeah. uh, thankfully. So, um, and also I... I don't want to sound like Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, like yeah, I, I love sure. him, but I'm also doing my thing. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that people see my work separately from that. And hopefully that will open up the genre for many more artists to, to come in mm -hmm. and, and create using this style. And it's, it's tricky. I also want to say it's tricky because when we're right, when we're in a musical, when you're in the audience, it's primarily, you need to understand the story. Right. So that's what makes it a little extra tricky when 
part of the delight of rap is like rapid fire and um and how you're playing with rhythms and words and how they can seg right. into each other and all that stuff but your double your entendres brain, don't work well when you're <laughs> i yeah. mean i'll try and throw some in but you know you also <laughs> i'm sure right it what it what it what happens is you wind up having um and i'm gonna i'm gonna get a little granular but your cadences can wind up sounding the same because you're leaving time for the audience to process which mm. is why songs work you know like in a song song you've got long lines held you've got your rhymes very placed you've got structure all so that the audience brain can comprehend the story as it's moving in real time and so to do that with with rap and to still make it interesting is is that's where the challenge lies for me and so i i hope that i was able to still keep it fresh and unique but also give the audience time to process the words that are coming out. That's, that's interesting. I appreciate that insight. Brittany, were you spitting before this? Were you out there, you know, in the, in the rap ciphers before you got involved with this? Not necessarily, no. Um, <laughs> no, I Fair love, enough. love, love, love rap, though. Um, yeah. My favorite rapper is Kendrick Lamar. Like me and my older brother would listen to his albums together and just like, converse and figure out like metaphorically what is he trying to say and I explain what I think and he's like that's the type of stuff that I love and I grew up listening to hip-hop because you know that's what my parents were playing in the car as well and so it's very much a part of my being as a musical person and I mean even when I was looking at the uh, I don't know Rona if you remember this but when I was looking at the sheet music with the rap I was like I can't look at this like I just have to you feel can't. it like it I looks awful look on the page it looks awful. On I just page. was like, I'm, I just give me it and then I'll feel it. And that's just what it is. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cool. You know, we're forced what, to uh, write it down, okay. but it should not really be written down. Yeah. <laughs> right. I get it. Yeah. With notations. Yeah, and all yeah that, you know, exactly. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's interesting. What do audiences get from this? What are, what are the, I mean, we talked about some of the messages, you know, in the, in the story itself, you know, with the whole ambiance of what's going on we can't see visually obviously here but what feelings you said you got to feel it right what feelings do people walk away from the show having that they maybe obviously you want them to have or maybe didn't expect like feedback wise what you've gotten what do you get out of the show i feel like everybody walks away feeling reinvigorated and re-inspired Every, I feel like everyone, doesn't matter what age, like audiences, uh, we've had, you know, people of different ages, children, seven and up, all the kids and, and the adults and parents as well. Like we've all had somebody kind of tell us no, or we can't do something. If we haven't, it, it'll happen at some point. It's a very like human experience. And so to watch yeah. Cinderella go through that and watch her arc and, and overcoming it and how she does that with, you know, the help of her friends and, and just having faith and, and courage and not being afraid to just let that light that she already has within her out, mm-hmm. even though people are telling her she doesn't have it at all. Like, I think that that's something that everybody can kind of latch on to and relate to and walk away with. Yeah. I think like cool. above and beyond oh, the, so, oh, sorry. Um, no, no, the empowerment angle, which is the primary, you know, message, but there's also this like, and I really feel that the audiences latch on to the the family dynamic element of the show. Mm-hmm. And the they're watching the dysfunction of the step family <laughs> and Cinderella and really reacting to that. And so then at the end, when there's a little bit of a reconciliation, I think that that is, is important as well, because they're seeing how 
toxic cycles can be broken and how mm. Cinderella was also brave enough to to step up and, and try and break a toxic cycle within her own household. Mm. So it's like mm. that, there's like this metaphor of she's healing the the galaxy, but she's also healing her family. Yeah. Uh, mm. So and I, I just I, I when I'm watching the audiences, I really see them responding to that part of the story as well. Mm-hmm. That's deep. That's interesting. You don't really see that in the traditional no. telling, I guess. No. no. Yeah. The stepmother does and that's not get that redemption. Was, <laughs> right, right, right. And that's something we can all, we can all, I'm not all, but a lot of us can relate to. A lot of us yeah, have yeah. broken or blended or, mm-hmm. you know, mishmashed families. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of relationships that we have to deal with. And to see that, oh, we might have a bad relationship today, but that there is hope that yeah. maybe um, it can be turned around. And when you're young, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you're older, you you forget it sometimes too. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. Brittany, how cool is it just to be like, I play, I'm Cinderella, bro. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I'm Cinderella. I think <laughs> it's really cool. I think it's so cool, and I think it's so cool to have such a different version of her. And yeah. it just really allowed me, like, freed me up to make her my own, and 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 to focus on her as a person. You know, not the classical idea of Cinderella, like we talked about earlier with, you know, her falling in love with the prince and all of that stuff. Like, I got to just focus and explore who is my Cinderella as a person. And I can relate to her in a lot of ways. Like, I, I love this version. And I think it's so cool to be like, you know, I'm playing Cinderella. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that, right? I like it. And to make it your own. That is dope. Sometimes you got to stick to the script, you know, so mm-hmm. eh, puns are always intended. Yeah. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, this way you get to kind of flip it a little bit. Rona, you... I guess you're still involved as the production is going to end soon. Let me ask overall, what happens at the end of the run? Uh, is it something that's going to pop up somewhere else or you know, is that just to be determined? Yeah. So right after uh, the new Victory production closes, they go into rehearsal at a children's theater in Nashville. So that's the next production. Oh. So that's super exciting. A whole oh, new great. group of- uh, I'm near Nashville. I Nashville. could go to that one. You could go to that one. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Good. Okay. Let me know. Great. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll send you the info <laughs> for the Nashville production. Uh, awesome. And and then hopefully we're going to um, get it licensed and then places all over the country can can do it. That's the that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. Right. Schools maybe or, you know, yeah. just put in different towns and all that. Yeah. Exactly. It's important to, you know, to have that on the, on the sort of on the, on the radar to make sure that you can bring it to as many places as possible. Mm-hmm, so exactly. Especially for something like this, children oriented they need to see this exactly i am very um happy we got to do this uh, i'm very sad that i'm not there to see it but i'm going to do my best to spread the word and get people into the theater before it's uh, before it's out of town and then luckily as as you said it'll be popping up elsewhere so uh, i want to thank you both um we'll get this to all of our friends family supporters neighbors lovers and haters <laughs> and uh, get them all to know about uh, uh what's going on with the hip-hop cinderella at the new victory theater i thank you both for your time thank you so much thank you so much Thanks again to Rona and Brittany and all the folks at Hip Hop Cinderella. For more information, visit hiphopmusicals.com or hiphop.musicals on Instagram. And hey, you can also find me on Instagram if you want. I'm at Manny Faces Official. Or visit mannyfaces.com to get more information about me, to book me to talk to your school, your organization, or business about how lessons from 50 years of hip hop can help innovate whatever you've got going on. And if you have any questions, suggestions for future shows, compliments, I really like compliments, email us at hiphopcansaveamerica at gmail.com. Now, be sure to follow Hip Hop Can Save America on your favorite audio or podcast app. 
We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts. We're everywhere. And if you prefer the visuals, please smash that subscribe button at youtube.com slash Manny Faces. If you like this kind of stuff, you're really going to dig my free newsletter filled with stories like this, hip-hop-fueled innovation and insight, plus some cool upcoming events, maybe an editorial here and there, a manifesto, if you will. Remember, that's at manyfaces.substack.com, and it's free. But if you're inclined to help support the show and the newsletter, allowing them both to stay fully independent and unbeholden to any corporate interests the way hip-hop should be, you can visit patreon.com slash Manny Faces. It's much appreciated. And I am Manny Faces, and I'm honored to have your attention. And I'll continue to do my best to keep earning it. Thank you, as always, to our brilliant associate producer, Summer. Check out her amazing initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. Until next time, peace and love. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America a.k.a. the world's most important hip-hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com, filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb <laughs> eternal shouts to our consulting producer summer mccoy be sure to check out her dope initiatives hip-hop hacks and the mixtape museum we'll be back soon with another dope episode but check us out on the live stream as well mondays 9 p.m eastern hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch until next time it's many faces wishing peace and love to you and yours 